Alright, and welcome everyone to another episode of the Senpai Kohai Podcast. It's your boy Trey, and with me is the Jesse to my James, the Misty to my Brock, the Pikachu to my... Mm, I don't want to say Ash, because that seems a little ownery. Um, hmm. Steven, what ownery. are you doing over there? <laughs> a little owner, <laughs> owner has a little ownership to it. I don't know because you know. Pikachu oh, I see. Ashes. Okay, <laughs> I thought you were just being really southern and, and calling somebody owner, honorary, but Honor, it, honorary, you said honorary. Yeah. No, yeah. No. Uh, wow. Yeah, I appreciate the Jesse and James one. Uh, Brock's a Brock's a pain in my ass. I'm not a fan of Brock actually. Wow. I, I like Misty. I, I like Misty, but I don't like Brock. No, Brock. Bro- I liked Brock as a kid. I don't appreciate him now because he's he's a he's a social pain in the ass. You know, he's he really does just shoot his shot every time he can. And he's really <laughs> just it's like, shut the fuck up, Brock. We're trying to progress the plot. Yeah. Go away. Absolutely. I just <laughs> I, makes I don't have a I don't have a deep love for Brock. He's always kind of a goofball and hitting on ladies and he really just kind of gets in the way of everything. Uh, I mean, Missy's kind of a tsundere to a degree, but. Uh, I still like I, I like her character design, actually. Like, yeah, I like the little side the side ponytail. I dig it. Um, anyways, <laughs> enough about that. Uh, I am just hanging out. I have had a lovely weekend enjoying some anime and some games, and I'm excited to talk about it because I actually have more than one thing for once in my life, which is actually pretty exciting. Um, how about you, my friend? I have a plethora of news. I have progress. Oh. I have good good things all over i think we both have quite a bit to talk about intro wise before we get to the second part of our meat and potato today that being k-on versus beck our anima anime music comparison in case you missed last week's episode we were comparing those uh in case you want to pause this and go listen to last week's episode make sure you're up to date because we are continuing um where we left off there um but before we get it back into that just to preface steven Let's talk. Let's talk anime first. We'll get our current anime. We'll go to games, and then we'll jump back into the anime we were talking about. So sounds good. What the hell were you watching? What were you reading? What what, what was glazing your eyes? All right. Well, so one of the one of the big huge hits of this season, uh, if you haven't been on Twitter in any capacity in the anime uh, genre, is uh, My Dress Up Darling, which is a series about Un- cosplay. Fucking- fortunately yeah fucking fortunately (laughs) i i was actually telling trey about this it's there's a little bit of like teenage steven in here that's a little salty because i read uh i read this manga the manga for this like like a year or so ago like just uh you know it's been around for a while and uh i love it love the storyline i love the characters i love the themes of it and, uh, you know, I told everybody under the sun, go read it, go read it. And they're like, yeah, yeah. All right, Steven, we'll, we'll go read it. We'll, we'll check it out. It's, it sounds really cool. And no one read that shit. Not a single person read it. it was like, hey, good suggestion, Steven. And now that chick's tits are all over Twitter and it's upsetting me. It's upsetting me slightly. I mean, it's just, I mean, the, the, the animation studio is doing a great job of adapting and, and it's uh, definitely, a, I, I like seeing a female character that isn't certain tropes. It's a very unique uh characterization she has in the series um uh but of course the the story is really about my main man gojo and him overcoming his uh his kind of like phobias and and uh 
like kind of like complexes about the things he loves by interacting with somebody who has no shame about what they love. And I think that's really where the meat of the story is because it's basically about this guy who likes doing old traditional Hina dolls. And so like he does makeup and, and makes these little traditional dolls and he can do, he can do stuff with hair and cloth and that sort of thing. And then, but he got made fun of as a kid. And so he's like really introverted and like, you know, doesn't want to tell people about it. So he's always by himself. And he meets this gal, uh, was it Giaru, the, the gal, uh, who is like super social, loud, boisterous, just kind of like open to everybody. And it turns out she loves cosplay. And so she kind of harangues him into helping her make a cosplay outfit. And the story continues from there. Um, that's kind of a quick one. I, I like I like the animation. I love the story. I already know the story. I was actually rereading the manga this weekend. Uh, looking forward to more of it. But I hope Twitter starts to realize that what the show is really about is Best Boy Gojo. I need more of him. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty tired of seeing old girl in the bathing suit <laughs> and everywhere else. I'm just I'm tired of it. Normally I can appreciate it, but too much is a uh, is a thing. It's a uh... All right, man. That there, there's got to be something else out here this season that's that's a gracing at this point. I mean, we're we're only two episodes in the season, so maybe mm-hmm. not yet. Beach episodes haven't come out yet. You got to wait till episode four or five before beach episodes start popping off. Wait till the cast what gets a, here. What about the hot springs episodes? Mm-hmm. Hot hot spring? That's normally episode seven or eight. We need we need to we need to have a trope episode. We need to have a trope <laughs> episode, but that's normally seven or eight. You'll see the, you'll see that happen before the climax or after the climax is normally where I see them. But come on, we got to have a beach episode somewhere at this point. Get this girl the fuck off Twitter. But <laughs> <laughs> what a, is that, all, is that all you're watching? My dress up darling? Oh no. Oh no. I'm watching some other stuff too. I got, I got two more titles in the, in the, the pipeline to Let start with. Okay, so yeah, this is the other thing you've probably seen like shit tons on Twitter and social media, and that would be Demon Slayer's Entertainment District arc. And uh, you're, you're hitting on everything I'm tired of. Every everything. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a hipster. You, you know, a lot of people like this thing. I'm not gonna fucking watch it. Screw this. But no, it's a solid show. It's it's doing a really good job. And Zenitsu's actually stepping the fuck up in this season. Uh, well, this arc. And I'm really enjoying him. As a matter of fact, he's he's actually probably one of the best parts of this this arc that's going on. They're all pretty freaking charming and do some great stuff in this arc. And I think you'll like it. I think you're just probably going to have to wait till it's all over so you can just binge it again and not have that hype monster like hanging over your head. And you can just enjoy it for what it is because that's what you did with the first se- uh, first season of Demon Slayer, as I recall. Like you yeah, didn't yeah. get in when it started watching week to week and like riding that hype train all up and down Twitter and Facebook and, and YouTube and all that, you just waited till it was all died down and got into it all in one no. fell swoop. I can't do the week uh, by week. It hurts me. I'd rather just do it all at once and I can watch it on my own schedule. I, uh, I live by my time. I'm the God of my own, uh, my own realm. It's a uh, Funimation and Crunchyroll. Don't tell me you want to watch anime. I do. You hear me? Crunchyroll Sama. I do what I want. I make, I make the anime around here. So, 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 uh, look at me look at my eyes i'm the guy I, I am the god now <laughs> <laughs> i am i am the comedy now <laughs> oh man and you've been uh was, I'll, okay I'll, we'll get into your stuff in just a second i'll wrap up by saying that uh this weekend was actually a magical time for me because i convinced my significant other to 
sit down and choose an anime to watch that we could watch together. We could enjoy and find find happiness in. Did y'all watch Monster chose, Masume? Uh, not yet. I I'm I'm built. I got dude. I, I got to build her up. I can't just like slap that oh, no. out right away. Raw dog. Like, Raw dog it, for Monster no. Masume. That's it. Hello. Look, let me show you what I'm i get doing. it i'm with you i i'm absolutely with you but i i do want to eventually marry her so if i if i want that to happen i i can't start with monster masume and no, like show, nagas and spiders like you show her after morning the with marriage. some dude after the marriage you, show <laughs> you can't masume. run away now <laughs> that's awful that's awful yeah so what, what yeah, did you end up watching the, the, we ended up watching a show called Dragon Goes House Hunting, which I was like, oh, this must be like a creative like Isekai or like a reborn into another body thing. No, it's exactly what it is. It says it is a, a dragon, a young red dragon gets kicked out of his home and he has to go find a home of his own. And so he goes wandering throughout the land and he's he's such a terrible dragon. It even shows like his stats. They're like really terrible stats. He's uh he has like minus seven luck, and so he's just wandering around trying to get people to build him a house or or help him find a home and hijinks ensue like just goofy stuff happens and it's it's not like this dragon can turn into a human like in some dragon lore he's just a dragon t like T Rex arms with the wings and everything just he can't fly because his because he hasn't learned that ability yet so it's kind of set in this world of RPGs and he makes little references to RPG like mechanics and tropes. And it's just the best. He encounters like a, like a band of heroes and they're like, we're heroes. And he's, he's just, he's questions every bit of it. He's like, so do other people call you heroes? And they're like, no. And he's like, so you guys call yourselves heroes? And they're like, yes. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, I'm glad you're confident, but that's really cringe. That is the actual line in the show. And I was dying laughing. And they're like, doesn't matter. Once we get the glory from slaying a dragon, and it, it, they they try to attack him, and of course he freaks out, and he gets rescued by this guy who uh, calls down a lightning bolt and kills all the heroes. It actually does like the little cross thing, and you know from like Dragon Quest, mm-hmm. like so, the, so they can respawn. Like you find out they can respawn later, and so these guys end up turning up a bunch during the show. But he meets this elf, and he's, he introduces himself as a real estate agent. And so he ends up partnered up with this elf and the elf's business card says home. Oh, was it architect, uh, real estate agent, demon Lord. And so he's like, Oh, don't worry about that. I just, that's just a side thing. And so he ends up going on this journey with this dragon wait, to wait, find the him a demon house. Lord, the demon Lord yeah. thing is a side thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Not the real they're, estate they're, agent? A- absolutely. He's, he's 100% all about helping people find, homes and so he goes on a journey and like each episode is him showing him different houses he could live in or they try to build him a house and all these things happen like i think they take him to and one of the things is he's like oh we should uh, go to a haunted house because heroes don't come here and things like that and there's all these undead creatures and they start making jokes about that and him be- being scared and the demon lord slash uh real estate agent basically seems to be having fun messing with him and he's freaking out it's it's just so damn good and there's so much more to it like i, I told a few of the jokes but really the, the jokes are coming a mile a minute and they're really they're really really funny it's been a while since the show was just so irreverent that it made me just drop out laughing I, i'll do like one one of the ones during the haunted house episode uh it was in each episode is like kind of two sections like 
a new domicile to kind of find and the haunted house one is hilarious he's like all right well we'll be staying the night here so we can actually check out the house um i want to go ahead and give you this and it's a vacuum he's like if you encounter any ghosts you might be able to use this and so he puts it like the dragon has it on his back and so he's holding this vacuum like luigi's mansion he's like oh and here's also this typewriter and this ink ribbon just to make sure you can save at any point and it's just like it throws it out real quick and it's so damn funny and have whoever is doing the voice of the elf and the dragon are great because the dragon is such a wuss and he's very high pitched and kind of like oh my god i'm so scared and the elf's just like you might need this if you're going to survive the night and it's 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 such a cool juxtaposition like dub wise i i was a huge fan of the dub and the the cringe line still makes me laugh absolutely but yeah that is those are the three those are the three biggies uh, that i'm really kind of uh dipping into so uh but you you've been dipping into some anime and manga lately haven't you um i'm still getting through dragon ball z uh, for my manga i'm i'm i think i'm finally out of the z or not z fighters i'm finally out of the uh, saiyan saga finally getting into namek in the freeze arc excited to be getting there and it's just so fast it uh they they really don't mess around in dragon ball z or in mm-hmm. just the manga our, our friend will is uh reading uh super and he told me he was reading this i think saturday and then he's already got up to the tournament of power like by today and so he he's blitzing mm-hmm. through it there's just so it's so fast getting through these mangas um and i'm also working on getting a collection of mayor um marching awaken romance or awakens romance um, yeah i remember that which, one wow what a throwback Oh yeah, me and my brother really liked that anime whenever uh, that was premiering on Toonami, and so we've been trying to find it, and it's it's hard to get a hold of, and I saw I could get it on the Google Play Store as well, and I was like, dude, I might as well, and so I'm getting like one at a time, I'll alternate, that way by the time I'm mm-hmm. done with Dragon Ball, I can start Mare, and then I'll find something else to read in the meantime, but that's yeah, kind of it on my yeah. manga side. Mare is, uh, Mare is actually done by the same author as uh, Flame of Rekka. You remember I told you about that ninja based yeah. one where they all get elemental powers and stuff like that. Yeah, it's 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 actually really good. I feel like it's so underrated. Like I think it's uh, I think a lot of times it gets overshadowed by Yu Yu Hakusho, with with good reason. Yu Yu Hakusho is really good, but it that same author made uh, Mare Mar. I don't really know how to say it, but yeah. it, it kind of has that same kind of fun adventure vibe. And I think I think it was it's interesting because there's certain like age groups that started with flame of Rekka and then read mar because it's like oh same guy's flame of Rekka. and then there were some people that started with mar and then went back and read flame of Rekka because hey guy who made mar uh I, I love that sort of thing i think it's really cool that you know you can still go back and find this stuff and enjoy it so good yeah. choice good choice i'm excited once i get there and then anime i finished actually not long ago um what was it after school dice club and it was good it's a it's nice wholesome uh just girls doing board games and they're handling their personal problems all at the same time like this one girl has like this social anxiety this one girl has problems with her dad not being there this other one has problems trying to make board games and uses her friends to kind of overcome it and they all kind of just use board games to get through their issues and it's nice it was mm-hmm. uh it was okay uh, if you're just looking for some wholesome after school fun stuff and, and with q2 light art it's i'd recommend it i guess 
um, the opening and ending are both fire. They are unexpectedly really? fun. Yeah, I like them a lot. Um, next up, though, I think I'm starting The Vampire Dies Quickly or Dies Too Quickly. Um, all because I want to see this uh, armadillo that I've become fascinated <laughs> with. He, uh, he, I don't even know where he came from, but I, I've seen this armadillo from the show who is this vampire's familiar and this image i've seen has him and his uh assets his uh sack his nut his nut sack (laughs) like just 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 call it what it is a big old nut sack oh my gosh to see if this is real or or this is just like a a cursed twitter image that i found (laughs) (laughs) excuse me and uh yeah I, I just it's I'm, uh I have to it, see it. it looks funny it just looks hilarious. it's called it's called the vampire dies in no time and i've watched uh mm-hmm. the first episode um because i had to i i too had to find out if this was a thing and it in fact is um but it's a hilarious just comedy where it, it starts out showing this you know like oh no the vampire stolen my children and this is a vampire hunter that goes up there to, to defeat him and it turns out that the vampire like dies like it turns into ash, like a pile of ash like with the slightest provocation like a door is opened on him oh no er, and he turns into a into a pile of ash and he can still talk because he actually reforms again and then he turns and turns into ash for everything he gets too surprised and stuff like that and he tries to act like a big bad uh a big bad vampire sometimes but he's actually just a goofball who likes retro games and it turns out the kid that was missing just kept coming to his castle during the daytime and playing his retro games and so they mistaked him for kidnapping the kid and so the the vampire hunter and him are kind of like trading barbs and kind of trying to and the vampire hunter is trying to rescue the kid and it turns out the kid's just a little punk so and then he basically ends up having all these funny hijinks, he kind of almost Looney Tunes esque kind of moments. Mm-hmm. And then his castle burns down. So he moves in with the, the vampire hunter. So he come, he shows up to the vampire hunter's office with like a bunch of retro consoles, the armadillo, his coffin. And he's just like hanging out in his lobby. It's so funny. It's just such a, and the, the vampire oh hunter's like, God. what are you doing here? What, what, why are you here? He's like, well, my house burned down. You see him this place seemed comfortable and he's like you can't live here he's like well it's your fault and he's like no it's your fault it's just so it just ends up kind of being like this like odd couple thing going on and then more and more stuff kind of rolls into it but i loved i loved the first episode and that armadillo does indeed exist um so you'll be happy to know that if we had more people watching it we would you would be able to use that as your avatar again without getting in trouble oh yeah (laughs) So I, I had it as my uh, Discord icon, and then people started adding me on Discord, and I was like, "These people are seeing me with this big sacked armadillo, and I just don't know if uh, this is what I want." Hmm. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how long this. So, what'd you switch lasts. it to? What'd you switch it to? So I switched it <laughs> to this very tasteful image. <laughs> of gohan who seems to be adorning something in the distance and I, you can't see it unless you really zoom in <laughs> and you have to zoom in far <laughs> to see what it is but he looks to be adorning pirate treasure chest of sorts 
and you can see it in his sunglasses. It's a, it's a nice, it's a nice image. I love, I love you dancing <laughs> around what things actually are. It's hilarious. It's a, it's Gohan's glasses. Yeah, it's a skill. Gohan is basically has sunglasses that are reflecting the the titties he's looking at. <laughs> Clearly, clearly, we know who the real hentai Hokage is in this group. Oh man, oh man, oh man! Good so, stuff, good stuff. What else are you watching? That's actually it. I'm gonna go to uh, Vampire Dots quickly, and that'll be it. But apart from anime, games. So, oh, uh, man, games. I'll start us off since I have big news. I have finished. I have finished Final Fantasy 13. Oh, thank God. It. We don't have to talk about it anymore until I start the second one. And the third <laughs> one. <laughs> so, uh, I was, yes. Um, I now have started Final Fantasy VIII. And I really like everything except for Squall so far. Squall and Renoa. Those two are unbearable. Um, <laughs> everything else is pretty cool. I like the cast. It's very, uh, it's very Naruto-esque. Um, with them getting their own squads, they get these missions to go perform and they have to stick with the client till the mission's done. And I thought that was pretty cool. I like how Zell is almost Naruto-y. And then you have Selfie, who is almost Sakura-ish. And I'm really probably just drawing these analogies as I find them. Because um, Zell is like a real go-getter. And he's always like, going rah, 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 just trying to go and it's like okay naruto slow down we're, we're gonna get there guy and uh just fucking what's his name squall is just the worst like he his teacher was really trying to have this weird personal probably inappropriate relationship with him and he said go talk to somebody else go talk to a wall i don't want to have your problems with me and he is, it was just awful. Was, you, you, three days grace reject. Shut up. And okay, so, so he's Sasuke. Yeah, he, he's like a war, he's like Sasuke Shippuden, but in Naruto OG. Like, it's, it doesn't make sense. He shouldn't be there. Yeah. And, uh, and Renoa is just as bad. Like, she, she's in the middle of this teenage rebellion but in a political sense too, like where she's trying to stage this coup against the, the government. And then she's throwing a fit against her dad. Who's one of the governors. And it's really like, she went in the room and pouted and sat on the floor and like shoot her dad off. And I was like, this is really weird. But the biggest thing that has me going is definitely the side characters and this side plot with Laguna. I don't know what the hell he's doing, but it's pretty cool. I guess until that pays off and the guardian forces. I really like those. The, uh, the artwork is pretty cool. I like the cards for them and I like using them like leveling them up. You get these perks as you work them. And it's, it's a lot of integrated system with that. Um, I like it a lot more than materia. It's not near as tedious as materia, but those are you my, know how I feel about, you you know how I feel about Final Fantasy VIII. I still got a grudge yeah. to hold. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Those are just my initial impressions so far. I finished disc one today. Um, I think I'm going to blitz through it. I'm using a guide, uh, the same guide that I used for Final Fantasy VII from Jagged Edge, I think. 
they make these really good detailed guides so you don't miss anything you get all the critical stuff and it's uh it's good it's real good shit from them i'll have to shout them out but let's see what else am i playing anything else um you and me we played battleship has Battleship, and that was unexpectedly an amazing time like it was a really good time you wouldn't think battleship would just be like a fun ass time i think we spent like probably a good hour like just just playing battleship and like they they integrated (laughs) so much new things like a sonar uh, a strike Mm -hmm. across the ground or across a line and like it's fun you get these points that you can use for perks and whatnot all your ships are different sizes and it's a it's a lot of new fun stuff in battleship and that's been a blast um we definitely need to play more of that um yeah definitely they believe it or not they actually have a another map so i kept us on the classic square but there's one that's kind of mostly square with like kind of a little offset area and so it makes it even more complicated because you know how you have those like single line airstrikes or torpedoes and things like that well there's a smaller area so if they're hiding in that area you don't get as much coverage so it's it's really creative but i had Hmm. a freaking blast with it i uh I I actually streamed it today on my Twitch channel, um, twitch.com slash bonsai bandit. That's me, by the way. I was just hanging out with a friend playing it, and we did it for two hours, and uh, I was awesome at it. I won every game but two of them. I'm going to take that one to the bank. Um, but it's a lot of fun, and it, it was also like the start of us getting a, getting a chance to kind of like actually sit down and enjoy some games and like hang out together for the first time in a little while, and it was it was a blast. It really was a nice kind of like, you know, cap to a long day and I, I look forward to doing it more we're gonna try to get uh streets of rage 4 going yeah. whenever i figure out how to fix it <laughs> very excited for that streets of rage 4 looked amazing um yes. i also started halo infinite today and that was <laughs> also a blast i've been bullied into halo infinite and uh wow just wow that is that's probably my first time playing a realistic game or something that's not anime or cartoonish in a long time and it's a uh, mm-hmm. it's so it's so cool going going to something that's not cartoon or animated and uh, of course something that's brand new too so like the quality is up there like it's i'm looking at something really nice i'm not looking at anime anymore so mm-hmm. it's it's fun to see stuff like that and the changes um, so in your experience so far, like, do you have to know the lore of Halo to enjoy the single player campaign? So I had to ask my brother about one facet that I didn't know. Um, apart from that, yeah. But I, I, only, <laughs> I only say yeah because I'm a lore nut. And oh, yeah, that's true. So, so me coming off of Halo 3, Halo 3 was really my bread and butter. And I know that coming into Halo Infinite, I would be asking questions like, where's where's Cortana? Mm-hmm. Where is Mas- or where's Sergeant Johnson? Where's Earth? What is going on? What the mm-hmm. fuck is this? What is a forerunner? And all these questions would be coming up. And so I, 
that's just me that I, I dig into things and I, I ask too many questions. And so I would end up doing a deep dive or I would play the games again or for the first time. And that, that never hurts to do that. But I'm sure there's a lore video that breaks it down because there's also books. And so there's oh, a lot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I really I, I, only played Halo 1. So I was kind of curious if I could play Halo Infinite. I mean, you could at a face level. And I mean, if you just want to play a shooter, a real good sci-fi shooter, I'm sure you could get away with it. But I wouldn't be able to do that because gotcha. I know Halo 3. And I mean, I've played I've played all the Halos except Halo Wars. And some of the lore from Halo Wars seeped over into Halo Infinite. And that's why I didn't know what was going on. Because I was like, what the fuck is this? So I talked to my really? friend and he's like, oh, that's one of the guys from Halo Wars 2. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that what? explains it. So now I have some work to do. I have to go play. A, I have to go play a couple extra games. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it's all up to you and how, how far you really want to dive. It makes sense. I'm, I I'll probably just go play, play through all the Halos. Games you can pull. Yeah, because yeah, I, I only played the first one and I have the whole collection. I, I have the Master Chief collection, which I think covers pretty much everything now. Except Wars, the Halo Wars games. Well, guess what? And five. It doesn't. I have five. Xbox Game Pass for PC. They're so showing have... down at the, at the beginning of February. Wait, what? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's not true. <laughs> no, I know because some games do leave the, the platform. So I was like, wait, they're going to remove Halo? What? No, I don't Microsoft. So. Surely not. Oh, I hope not because I still got a. I still got to beat Infinite. I'm going to rush through this now. No, no, no. Uh, Halo is a Microsoft property. It ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Um, man, there's actually a lot of really good games on this. I'm like halfway looking at it, seeing if Halo Wars is on here. And it is, mind you. Dragon Quest Eleven is on there. Wait, really? Dragon Quest Eleven uh, S? Mm-hmm. That's been on there for a bit. I was wondering if that would ever come off. I, I bought it on Steam just in case it ever did. What? So oh, they have Dragon Quest again. Builders 2 on here as well. Yep. Uh... That seems like a Switch game, though. I don't think I want that on uh, on here. But anyway, that's all the games I'm playing, yeah. Stephen. What are you playing? I am, of course, continuing my journey through my second round of Persona 5 Royal. It's going pretty well. Um, I won't really go into detail about it because it's the second time around. It's just like, this is a thing I'm going to continue to do. This is my Final Fantasy 13. Um, and no, I, and I, no. I'm... Don't compare it to that. I'm bound, to, that. I'm bound to determine. Yeah, it's, it's not a good comparison. Like It's a good story. Like I, I'm loving everything I'm experiencing again, even for the second time. Um, but it is a bit more of a slog because I kind of know what's coming. Uh, but it also helps me be more efficient, I guess. Uh, I'm enjoying that. And I also just want to get to the end so I can actually hit the credits, like take a picture and be like, look, boys, I did it. I'm done for reals this time. And then I can start playing all We're the other games that I... I, I need to because that's the biggest reason I want to start playing other games and for every moment that I play something else it's time away from finishing Persona 5 so that's that's kind of my motivation right now is like I can't play anything else until I beat Persona 5 Royal but I totally have played other things in the meantime because I yeah. am a responsible adult uh as we talked about we, we play Battleship and I am like okay so 
uh, I chose Battleship one because we couldn't get that ding. Some of the multiplayer games we did want to play working, and I remember uh, watching a stream of some people playing it, and I was like, "This seems like fun." And that that bad boy was on sale for five bucks. So uh, I'm all about Battleship like the last like 48 hours, and I'm kind of reared up for some more because it's just it's just fun and funny. It's it's a very reactive and enjoyable experience, and you take all the little plastic pegs out of the equation, and you just play the game. Awesome experience. Um, I spent two hours playing it today and then we spent an hour last night and I'll probably put a couple more hours in like within the next week. But the other thing I'm playing still is steam world dig two. You talked about it quite a bit. Um, and I got it on sale for like, I think like five 99 or something like that. on um, one of the switch sales it's cheap. And it, mm-hmm. yeah, like the first game was like two bucks and the second game was like five, like five or six bucks. And I was like, all right, I'm in, I think I got most of the steam world games. Uh, through that sale, as a matter of fact, like uh, the SteamWorld Quest and SteamWorld Heist and uh, of that that ilk. Um, but I started playing SteamWorld Dig 2, and I'm really liking what it is. It also moves really quickly. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot of game there, but I feel like I've I've gone through. I've gotten really far down into the, into the dirt, and I haven't played too long. I'd, I'd say I've played about four hours or so, four or five hours. No, so they, I, so you move down, but then you start mm-hmm. moving sideways, and SteamWorld mm-hmm. Dig Two does not stop fucking moving, and it it, it just doesn't stop. No, like it, no, it you're right. Giving and it, it's enough to keep you upgrading and everything. It it gives a lot, so you, you don't even have to just quit. You can just keep exploring. It's great. It gives mm. a lot, but man, the ta- it it is very heavy with the objectives. Yeah, I uh, I just got to the, uh, I guess the weird like hope uh, like kind of like rednecky uh, village. Oh yeah, where the the human town. Yeah, yeah, I forget what they call them, but they you know they like to blow things up and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I just got there, so I'm I'm looking forward to to playing more of that. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I I also <laughs> I tried a game called Ark survival evolved because damn it steven i damn i it. i okay look damn it, it. it's definitely it's in the same wheelhouse as like minecraft and other gather crafting um games but it's uh, far more complex yes. and i i i gotta say it's a little intimidating but at least i could get to the actual game from the menu unlike minecraft um i don't know why it's different but it's like i can actually just start the effing game on arc and i got into it and i immediately got killed by a dinosaur i was like all right that's oh, cool yeah. you you can poop like it, there's actually a button for pooping which is such a, a bizarre thing but yeah i, I tried to I, like i was trying to gather stuff and build things and i made a fire i was very proud of myself and i was trying to figure out how to cook food and it turns out like the, the fire has an inventory or something like that and uh i didn't realize i didn't know you could do this but I was standing on top of the fire, killing myself while I was trying to cook meat. It just turns out I was cooking myself. And then I died. And I said, that's enough for today. And I haven't gone back to it since. But the biggest, Good. most hurtful thing Don't. about this, this this mother trucking game is 147 gigabytes. It took me a day and a half to install. God. That was insane. I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's a, it's oh, a pretty yeah. looking game. It's... It, it seems fun. It seems like a thing that I would like if I had like a million more hours, um, but I don't. So I don't know if I'll necessarily go deep into that game until later. 
I have a lot of other games I want to play, and I'm I'm really enjoying. I enjoyed streaming today so much, which was kind of an impromptu thing. That I want to try try streaming again, and I don't I don't even care if anybody watches me. I just want to do it. It seems like a fun thing to do, and uh, you know, even for just my friends. But I want to do things like play uh, Horizon Zero Dawn because Forbidden West is coming out. Uh, I still have not finished God of War. I played it for about two hours, so I technically didn't really start it all that much either. Um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and I think that's really all the games I'm playing at the moment. I've been doing a lot of multiplayer gaming. Now I know you're shaking your head. Judge me all you want, good sir. But I've been playing a lot of multiplayer games. I did play Mario Party Superstars with some of the boys. That is a lot of fun. That was easily a highlight of my last week. I played with uh, Will and Shane and and got to play some mini games and I really enjoyed myself. It's a lot of fun. It works really, really well. Um, that it. I actually have I haven't I haven't played that many. I guess I played that multiplayer game in Battleship, and that's about it. I thought was more, uh, but I didn't play any Smash or Guilty Gear, so I don't do. That's Indeed. a lot. That is a lot of games. Yeah. We have been doing a lot. Let's let's be real with ourselves. It's it's been the most active week in a long time. Yeah. So, with that, we'll go ahead and uh, push on to the potatoes and the meats. Um segue on to part two of our K-On and our Beck comparisons um, without any further ado. So at the end of last week's episode, we were going on comparing each episode, kind of just laying it out, uh, the comparisons of these two shows. Um, What's similar about them? They are similar in premise. It's two high school musicians and they both take two completely different routes um, after they kind of discover their flair for music and what they decide to do. Um, in k one girl joins a music club and they end up joining, or they end up just kind of showing out and just doing music there. The other one joins an outside music group and they end up rocking out America. So two different avenues, all from kind of finding out a flair for music, um, whether accidental or not. Um, as we talked about in K-On last week. Um, mm-hmm. So at the end of season one in K-On, uh, the last episode, a music club first comes... Oh, God, I forgot I had these really shitty translations. So <laughs> I, I kind of have these broken Tell me what it that. says. Tell me what it says. It says, a music club first time comes forward outside school. I don't... I guess Ooh. that means they perform outside. I I don't remember it being like an outside concert. I'm I'm mixing this up with Zombieland Saga because I, I can picture that a scene like that in Zombieland Saga. But I think I remember them doing the end of uh, the end of season one inside the school. They finally are all performing on stage. Is what I remember, but maybe I'm not remembering that right. I don't know, but that was the end of season one where we left off last week. The end of, of Beck, we left off with the guys in Beck finding themselves on a guest list at Dying Breach show, and Koyuki actually got to perform with the idols. Um, they brought him up on stage, and he actually got to show his shit. It uh, got him a lot of uh, clout, as they say nowadays. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where we end there. Uh, do you have something you want to add? To yeah. Be- 
Oh, well, yeah, because uh, the reason uh, Koyuki gets a lot of clout for that in the end, not only is it because uh, Ryusuke knows the the leader of Dying Breed, um, they're filming a, a, a documentary about Dying Breed when Koyuki goes up on stage to sing. So it kind of puts him out there. Like, Dying Breed's like this huge act. And while Beck is definitely in the kind of indie band category, like this is one of my favorite things about the show is they really kind of highlight how much the difference between them. While they may know, like, uh, was it the, the the leader of Dying Breed and Reuse Game and know each other, they don't really like springboard off of that. It, mm-hmm. I guess it's like a respect thing. But they also show like the small venues that the, this band plays in and like how it is to play to a group of people that's only like 12 strong um versus like these big crazy crowds and uh and that's the thing is like you know K-On, i like K-On a lot i think it's fun but they do like a, a lot of times get like the attention of a lot of people when in reality like when you're in a band it doesn't start that way you don't just show up for your music club and like everybody's like this big crowd is like hey they're amazing like when you're in a band a lot of times it's finding a venue that'll actually let you play and then there's like seven people kind of hanging around and uh, you know, maybe two or three of them kind of dig what you're doing. Um, and and I'm sure there's exceptions to every rule. Of course, I'm not going to say I'm sure there's some some bands that have had like, you know, lightning rod kind of attention. But for the majority of other bands that go out and have their own instruments, their own equipment and have to do all that legwork, it's it's hard. And Beck sells that part more, um, you know, just the level of practice Koyuki has to put in. uh rotating band members like small venues small crowds and things like that um it, it's just how it actually works I, now they do start to pick up from this point on in the story so i at least uh, it, for a story like this it makes sense for them to accelerate a little faster so yeah Anyways, that's a good way yeah. to put it the pedal actually gets put in the car for them at, at that point they, mm-hmm. they start revving um so We'll, we'll kind of carry on with Beck at that point. Um, so after that, um, they kind of have to end up having to lead this cultural festival at the school. Uh, Saku, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I don't remember exactly when he gets brought on, but Saku is here now at this point. And he, I know we talked about it a little bit last time, but mm-hmm. he's there helping Koyuki with this uh, festival. And him and Saku are trying to help this jazz band not jazz band it's it's a it's a little bit of a rock band i I remember them having some difficulty adapting because this guy asked them and it it wasn't right for them but they ended up doing it it's a good way to show off the chops they've been working with beck they go in they show out um let's see ryusuke drives the guys from beck hard consuming all energy and time ryusuke refuses to give up and his body can't take any more so Koyuki is giving us all. I want to say he got sick is what happened here. It's not like he just mm-hmm. passed out or anything. I don't think. I think he just got sick. Um, maybe to the point where his voice got got affected. But it uh, it's real draining. Just Koyuki was fucking doing that thing. It was good shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that also is is a real thing. Like when you're like uh, there was a period of time when I was in a band where we played three shows in one day and you know and then like in a weekend i think one weekend we did five shows and it just it it wears out your body not like both your throat um your legs your arms like it's just it's a very draining experience unloading loading equipment driving around town and it's mentally exhausting too so 
it can lead you to physical sickness. And that's a very real thing that happens. And I thought that was like these little things they do just show that Beck's creator either was part of a band and knows how to portray it or it went really in depth with the research. Um, so yeah, Koyuki gets sick for a bit. As a matter of fact, this leads into some of the, um, some more connection with the uh, female lead Maho. Yeah. Who, she starts uh, trying to, who takes care of him. Yeah. They, they, their relationship starts forming. Now, I didn't really appreciate her on the first half of the show. I, I really kind of thought she was just annoying just being there, but I, I really started appreciating her towards the end. as She stopped being kind of her own celebrity. Cause that's what she was, right? She was like a pop singer or something like a little local pop star. And yeah. she kind of started supporting her brother and Koyuki's band or Beck a little bit more, um, helping them out. I really started appreciating her. Um, next episode, Eddie receives a threat, Eddie from Dying Breed. And the ramifications echo across the sea to Ryusuke. Trouble is brewing and somebody could get hurt. Um, this is all coming from, oh, who's the guy that owns Lucille? Is that uh, Leon Sykes? Leon Sykes. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, he so be- then- he's okay. uh he's a little bit of a character of uh of a certain of, of certain tropes. Like he's got the he's got the dark glasses, the the fedora and suit. It's like kind of like almost like a sort of like a like a, a feather boa or something like that. It's something re- really ridiculous that makes him look a little bit like a pimp. Yeah, real um, real pimpy outfit, yeah. Yeah. Um but this is kind of where we start seeing the beginning of the plot kind of for Beck. A lot of this has all been up being the setup for the band. Everything's starting to form. I don't want to say the clay is being prepped and now we're going to start seeing the plot. Um, so Eddie and what's his name? Ryusuke um, are clearly in dealings with this Leon Sykes guy who is a big band or big musician over from the U S um, pimping out these, I'll say I'll say he's pimping whatever he's doing. I don't quite remember exactly <laughs> what the what the deal is. I think they take money or they take uh, deals from Leon, and they have to make good on them or pay back or else it's their ass. Like I, I'm pretty sure that Ray has a gun to his head at some point. It, it got intense for a minute, um, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get back to that. So next up, Koyuki is bummed that his dream guitar has been sold to someone else. And Maho is hanging out with a jerk. So he's actually starting to develop his feelings. He's realizing that he likes Maho. Um, things begin looking up and the owner of an indie label starts sniffing around Beck's merchandise table. Um, they also have to start dealing with um, not selling out, contracting, labels, um, things like yeah. that. And uh, it actually happens here in the next episode. An indie label wants to release Beck's album in the United States, and if the record begins to climb the charts, it would mean the cash would start rolling in. Uh, otherwise, Koyuki may be screwed. Don't know what that means, but uh, they actually do this. Uh, Roy, Roy, Ray, I keep saying his whole name. Ray actually <laughs> does this. He actually goes and signs the deal, but it actually turns out to not be a good deal um, for them to go do this label for uh, for this or this tour i guess is what you could call it or he he's about to go do it he go he he makes this decision then he tells the guys afterwards like hey guys we got a label and they're like oh wow wow this is great and he's like but this is what it's going to cost us and they're like this is awful we are doing this for free and so it's not it's not quite what they all wanted or intended 
So one of the big things about when you're in a band, um, and that this is my follow up to what you were saying about you know Ryusuke getting them into a label and it not really being perfect, is that, again like I feel like uh, what I really kind of want to talk about in the case of Beck is it's a very real and authentic experience, and you know you run into that sort of thing when you're in a band. You encounter people who do see potential in your group, but you also run into people who are here to make a buck. Um, you know, we had a, we, we had a band called two seconds left and we were very, very fond of like just being our, our cool little punk ska selves and everything. But we encountered somebody who wanted to promote us and we're like, Hey, that's awesome. That's great. But they all of a sudden wanted to start doing things like, Hey, let's, uh, let's make, let's change the image of like what you do. Like they wanted us to wear uh, basketball jerseys and like the, like there's two seconds left on the clock and, and things like that. It was, it was like the whole uh. image was supposed to change. Yeah, I know. Really cringy. Right. Yeah, and, a little bit. like I was playing, I was in a, I was in like dirty, dirty freaking uh, dive bar uh, live music venues, playing with a bunch of guys in like torn up clothes, and I was playing a saxophone. Like it just, I if if we had followed that person's advice, the look that we would have adopted wouldn't even match the kind of culture we were really engaging with. So it didn't make sense. And so of course we were smart enough to not go for that. But there are yeah. a lot of people out there. There are a lot of bands out there that want to make it their job and get support. So some people might make a compromise in that case. And that, I, I think that's really what this part of the anime really signifies is showing you showing you what bands have to do or might do to become more successful. Because let's be realistic. Money doesn't grow on trees and paying uh, and being paid like 20 bucks for a show which it, believe it or not you know if you have a little light show and you actually want if you actually get money um they don't pay you a lot you get like i think we got 50 bucks from a show once uh, we got more than that on on another one but it was just like you know there's seven people in the band at the time yeah. and so when you get a payday of 50 bucks it doesn't cover it doesn't like it barely covers the gas so you know there's a there's a drive to make it a career when you love something that much and, and it sometimes it doesn't work out. And I, I think that's really kind of what this sells here. Um, so it, it was such a, for me, like every episode that I encountered something like this, it, it really kind of impressed me. No. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's kind of a, a I guess a reality check for everyone to kind of see what, what could really be in store for them when they all have these dreams these uh these hot dreams of what they think everything's going to be but then this this little dose hits of what really could be when when it doesn't really all settle the way they think the dice are going to um but with that we'll go on to a little bit more plot progression for them uh leon sykes mr uh, a, a pimp named sykes comes back <laughs> and he actually comes to Japan with uh, Prudence on his mind. Prudence is the guitar, I believe, that he lent to Ryusuke. No, it's Lucille. Lucille. Who's Prudence? I'm trying to remember. Like it's it's been a while because Lucille's the one that has the bullet holes in it, right? I think so. Yeah, it's literally modeled after I, th I think it was BB King's guitar that yeah. in real real life. Prudence is one of his guitars as well. Mm -hmm. mm, um, okay so he drops in on ryusuke's shack from a helicopter he 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 makes a big scene of visiting ryusuke letting him know shit's shit's real and he wants prudence <laughs> um 
And after that, A Star is Born When Dying Breeds tour movie hits the big screen and Koyuki's performance is in the film. And uh, a very intense lady tracks Beck to Ryusuke Shack. Uh, this lady is what sets them up to kind of the penultimate event uh, for the whole yes. entire series. And that's the Grateful Sound Music Festival. Um, I, I've seen like concerts in anime. I've seen festivals in anime. But the Grateful Sound Music Festival is the festival of festivals this shit was tense it was hype it was amazing um now the build-up for it was ah you know a little oh no but getting there and watching it all happen was pretty good i mean granted you know you had 20 something episodes getting there but you know it was great it was great yeah um so grateful sound music festival nears and all the guys in beck are having dreams packed with visions of hope um, and they actually have visions. So everyone has this vision of a uh, rock stars that all kind of help them pick up the pick up the remains of the festival. And it's like, hey, you know, we're leaving this all behind for you. You do what you need to do. And everyone has this dream except for Chiba. And it really fucks with Chiba that he's not on the same wavelength. Like he he thinks he's supposed to be left behind or something. And he uh, he actually kind of ends up ditching the band for a bit uh and it was really sad to see him just kind of quit um so ryusuke wants to begin prepping a new beck album but chiba focuses on a side project um which isn't uh music he he dips and opens up a ramen shop uh koyuki doesn't need an excuse to work on his music and his mind is spewing he is koyuki is working working like he i want to say at this point he's met with a couple big names and like people have wanted to sell his songs i think if not we're getting to a point where people are going to want to but he uh he, he's been asked to perform he's he's done things publicly he koyuki is doing really well at this point and he he is fully indulged in music making and he's really realizing his potential as a musician he's doing really good uh do you have anything you wanted to add on that steven no, I'm I'm going to let you get through the whole shebang before I start talking about this portion of the uh, series. Okay. So, Ryusuke, putting pressure on Beck, but the night before the uh, Grave of Sound concert, they get a chance to react, and uh, Koyuki blows his confidence in front of an audience. Uh, so, they kind of have like a, a big meltdown, and shit starts getting real, real funky. So, Chiba doesn't make it. Uh, and it messes with them. I want to say he 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 didn't even get on the train to go to this concert, and shit just starts getting bad. So Ryusuke disappears. I think uh, Leon Sykes is expecting things to happen from Ryusuke, and stuff's not going the way it's supposed to be. And Koyuki has to kind of make a festival happen on his own, and so um, he. Koyuki has to kind of freestyle and do things and, and pull the pull the gang back together as he can. And so uh, next up, the festival is starting. The guys in Beck are at each other's throats. And like, kind of like I said, Chiba's missing and a heavy rain is falling. Um, while this is happening, there's another band um, that's performing right now. And they're kind of uh, competing with Beck. 
um, for the lead spot. And they, they know Beck's hot shit. They know this is the boy that performed a dying breed. And along with that, it's also a guy that's competing with Koyuki for Maho um, at the same time for her heart, I guess you could say. Um, I don't think she knows what's going on, but I think they, they had that moment <laughs> where they were like, oh, we're doing this for love. Okay, as musicians, we're doing this for love. And so just to add on to Koyuki's music management. So Chiba's not there. Everyone's fighting. Ryusuke's ran off. And now the only guy left is the the uh, the drummer. Is that I believe was left. And so they um they have to they have to just make it happen. Uh rain is falling down. I think they had three or four sites where these music festival things were happening at. And I wanna say that Bex was at the farthest one. Mm-hmm. And so they had to figure out a way to get this site popping so they could get the most people there. And uh, Ryusuke finally, oh, oh, we're actually getting there. I'm, I'm jumping ahead episodes. So a lot of this was a blur because I watched them all back to back. So it's a very intense part of the series. It really is. Um, it is. It was great. It's a lot to deal with. Um, man, go ahead. Go ahead. Cause like, okay. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of like, I have a whole like spiel afterwards. All right. So the festival, oh, that was it. Tensions as well as the mud are thick at the Great Sound, Grateful Sound Music Festival with only one song left, possibly Beck's last song ever. The guys take it up a notch. So um, Koyuki actually pulls it out of his ass. Um, him and the drummer, they're like, we, ha- we have to go out there. But the drummer has no confidence. And he's like, we don't even have a band. What are we going to do? And so Koyuki gets out there. And he starts singing a Beatles song, I think. And he just kind of does an acapella. And everyone's loving it. Everyone starts. He's got an. He has an acoustic guitar in this scene, and uh, in uh, in the American version, in the in the Western release version, as you know, we can't just use Beatles music because uh, in Japan they can't. And this actually, this is actually really important. This is like the most dramatic moment in the series, and it's drama yeah. for drama's sake. And I'll, I'll I'll own it. Like this is this is a very specific situation. This doesn't happen in real life normally, but you know the uh, fallout between members absolutely can. Um, but it is such an epic moment because he, he's only backed up by his best boy, Saku. And even Saku's like, I, I can't do this with you, man. Like it's just you and me. This is, this is just, it's, it's a wrap. We're not going to beat those other guys we're competing with. Cause they actually have like a, like a little, uh, you ever seen those counters? Like whenever like you're doing laps or something like that, they yeah, have people counting the, the people. At, mm-hmm. Yeah, as they come into the area and they're just they're really sucking it up. It's raining. People are like completely getting bored. Like, what the hell is happening? And Koyuki steps out on stage with an acoustic guitar and starts playing. I've got a feeling by the Beatles and his own rendition, of course. And man, it is such a moment because the in the Japanese dub in the original version of it, when he is playing, I've got a feeling which we they had to make up an original song for the uh, for the Western release so i'm not a huge as big of a fan like i feel like the impact is not there uh like it is because a lot of times throughout the entire series they bring up western bands uh english bands american bands and things like that i think the sex pistols come up at one point and you know different stuff like that 
so it's important to the plot, in my opinion, that I've got a feeling it's played because it's what catches the attention of the audience because it is a Beatles song. It is something that people know. And he's playing it in his own way. And then I think it's just probably one of the most epic moments in the series. Uh, he's playing to the song and then Saku jumps on stage, just walks into onto stage and just starts playing the drum beat behind him. And then Tyra shows up. Uh, after that, I believe uh, they actually end up attracting the attention of Chiba. And you start seeing uh, as you're going through this, you see that people are starting to pour into the venue or, or at least the stage they're at in the venue. And it's going to be like this big epic moment. And then, of course, uh, Ryusuke shows up and then and he he shows up on stage after kind of shaking Leon, if I recall correctly. And so he joins the show. And last but not least, Chiba starts crawling through the, the crowd and actually gets lifted up by the crowd and brought onto the stage where they pretty much just wrap that that rendition of uh, I've got a feeling, which is like just such a like such a feel good moment. And then they launch right into like one of their own songs with Chiba and everybody working together. It's just, it's a dramatic moment in the story, but it's, it's such a, a good moment. And uh, as I recall, they end up becoming <clears throat> the most talked about show at grateful sound. And that kind of uh, transitions them into uh, getting a, a tour in America, if I recall correctly. And I think that's really where the series is. It's like they kind of do like a little like photo montage with a voiceover of them being in America, which if you read the manga, they actually go on a tour in America and it continues yep. the story from there. Um, but yeah, that that's, that's kind of like that big penultimate moment in that series. And uh, again, like, like I said before, the, the infighting in bands is a, is a real thing. It, like the pressure of showing up to practices, trying to have a job, um, significant others, um, you know, you worry about what people think. Like, because trust me, it, when you're in a band, people are always going to kind of tell you, uh, "Do you really want to do that?" Because it, it's not a lot of a lot of bands fail, and that that's the truth. That, that, there's no denying that. Uh, so you have plenty of people in your life that want to tell you you shouldn't do this, and then like uh, for instance, like when we used to go do our practices, the person who could host our practice at the time, which is very hard to do. They cover that in the show too. In Japan, you have to rent practice spaces where it's like soundproofed and things like that. And so that's also money you have to spend whenever you want to do that. But uh, for us, it was, we had to go to a specific person's house. That person's house was like 30 minutes on the other side of town. So you, you talk about like trying to drive 30 minutes one way, 30 minutes back, you have to unload equipment, set it up, practice, and actually kind of, when you are abandoned, you have to teach seven people music. It can get tense. You know, some people just want to hang out and have fun and, and just like screw around. Some people want to take it very seriously. So you kind of have to be on the same wavelength. And that I think that's really what happens in the end of Beck is that's why Chiba gets so upset and kind of like leans more heavily on the ramen shop or being trained as a ramen chef is because everybody else has this moment. They're on the same wavelength and he's not. And that stress of not being with them kind of like makes them have a little bit of a falling out. That's completely natural. Mm -hmm. That is a, a thing that happens to it in real life with bands. And so um, I think that overall, like while you have your awesome dramatic moment at the end of the series, uh, this series leaned heavily into uh, like really showing people what it's like to be in a band, like authentically. And uh, so I think it really separates it from our, uh, 
our high school girls quite a bit. But uh, uh, you're going to talk to us about the second season of K-On! So uh, what you got, Trey? Yes, sir. Now, while they all may be the same age, like I said, this was a completely different route. If you chose the uh, the high school girl route, you see a completely different, uh, a completely different venue. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, the way it kind of goes for K on season two, um, this is another twenty four episodes, but I'm gonna kind of blitz through these. Um, but this one's a little bit more about leaving a legacy, or twenty four episodes in a movie. Um, this is more about leaving a, a legacy while looking forward, um, and we kind of see that in this first episode where the girls decide to recruit new members for the light music club so azusa won't be alone or she won't be the only member um so mm-hmm. they do bring on two new girls uh ui and june um oh ui is the sister never mind so they do bring in june um so they go through a couple more shenanigans you know it's more chaos. uh girls find an old guitar and it ends up being worth a lot of money uh Ritsu decides she doesn't want to play the gun, the the guns. She decides she doesn't want to play the drums, and she tries out <laughs> other instruments instead. Uh, Third-year students, including Yui, Mio, Ritsu, and Sumagi, are off to Kyoto for a school field trip. Oh boy! Uh, Azusa, Ui, and June have a sleepover while the senior school or while the seniors are visiting a school field trip. So, you know, some sequential stuff. What I'm, what I like, what I'm seeing here is, you know. We're not doing double beach episodes. We're not being lazy. <laughs> so Yui becomes sopping wet. She has to do a maid outfit so that she can let her outfit dry. Uh, this is one of us, the teacher's maid's outfits that she had to wear for this episode. Um, I want you to understand that, that transition was unexpected. If, if, if my face was just blown away, Yui becomes sopping wet and then has to wear a maid uniform. What? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's actually how they had it written out here, too. That's not me. Oh, my that gosh. Wasn't me. So uh, Mio feels like she's being watched. It reminds her of when uh, Megumi Sogabe was obsessed with her and was the president of her fan club. Uh, Yui doesn't know how to fill out her uh, future plans and ask her friends what they want to do, which is on the same page of you as Yui, and they're scolded for indecisiveness. So a lot of usual kind of high school shenanigans. Um, if you've watched other high school animes, you're going to know what to expect here uh, kind of across mm-hmm. the board, not to downplay K on. If you like K on like it, but yeah, there, there's plenty of enjoyable banter in the series. Yeah. No, by all means you're here for the yeah. chemistry, not for, not for the meat here. You're here for the chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yui joins the school's popular music club, though she never played a musical Im- instrument before. Somehow she comes to be known as the latest guitar prodigy, which leads to, of course, hilarious situations as Yui normally finds herself in. Um, and they decide to follow their music teacher in the next episode and overhear suspicious phone calls. Um, girls try to distract themselves from intense heat by telling ghost stories after trying in vain to cool down, uh, which is really funny because Mio is incredibly suspicious, not suspicious, superstitious. Uh, in the in the first season she can't oh handle. that's right she's really she's really scared she's really scared of things um as summer vacation starts here we go the girls go to a rock uh rock music festival in the mountains and each of them get a different experience as they split up to find entertainment and inspiration yui finds a school without any prior music joins the school without any prior music experience azusa spends time with yui and senior students prepare for exams <clears throat> excuse me Yui gets help from Naruka, 
with our homework. And so Mugi and Ritsu gets, get up to some hijinks when they decide to spend time together. Friendship, friendship. And dare I say the theme of overall is friendship. The girls enter a 5K race as summer vacation ends. Everything starts out normally until Yui goes missing. Oh, shit, boy. Uh, Azusa decides to get serious and, <laughs> and knuckle down with their practices, but sessions are constantly interrupted. The girls discover the club's unavailable due to repairs. A class play offers Mio and Ritsu the chance to be the stars of a class romantic tragedy. However, Mio is worried about their performance. School play begins, crucial, crucial prop grows missing, and amid the hustle, Azusa worries about finding enough time to practice for an upcoming concert. I'm mixing up all my uh, syllables. Or- all my consonants. Yui joins the school. Hey, wait a minute. I already said that one. Yui joins the school. Didn't I? Hang on. Yui joins the school's popular music mm-hmm. club, although she's never played a musical instrument before. Wait a minute. It's literally the entire description of the series. Of like the series what... itself. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was kind of weird. Maybe it's a different instrument. I don't remember that. So I, I like that your to, notes have, have just gotten really convoluted. <laughs> they have, they have. It's easier when it's back. It's it's when it's when it's a continuous thing. It's different when it's the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. So let's just go ahead and get down to the bottom. So I'm going to go ahead and skip to the end. Uh, last couple episodes. It's finally time for the graduation ceremony, and the girls perform a special song for Azusa to cheer her up as they all prepare to leave her and go do their own things. Azusa wants to make a recruitment video to spark the interest of potential new members to join the club, and Nadaka shows the girls a sample of the senior yearbook. Azusa makes preparations for freshman reception. So she kind of takes on the mantle. Yeah. And the girls leave. Uh, K on the movie. Graduation looms for the founding members of the Light Music Club with only a few precious weeks. Uh, so, yeah, they, they just go on a trip. They they go to many different places. I don't really, I don't even know if I saw the movie. I don't think I did. But after a little help from the club's precious pet turtle, Tan Chan, what? London is chosen as their next misadventure. They eat, they do clumsy things and clumsy places the fun won't last forever as heartfelt songs and goodbyes will be made as our high school days together come as a close one thing is certain though the undeniable friendships these girls have formed is something that will carry on after the final scene rolls so this movie is meant to be the final goodbye for everything mm-hmm. for these girls so that's kind of it um i look and- uh that's always a really bit of a, a bit of a challenge with these kinds of shows it's like it's very much like hijinks ensue and like you yeah. said, it, it is about the friendship. It's about the the chemistry between the characters. That really is what's on show here. And I think ultimately that's why it has such a, a very different feel from uh, from Beck uh, Mongolian Chop Squad is because it is about the girls and their friendship through the lens of music, whereas Beck is very much about music and being in a band through the lens of characters and because here's the thing i don't want to say like you know k is character driven so it doesn't really focus on the music because there because it is character driven on beck's side as well there's definitely a lot of details that are very much more realistic and and that sort of thing but those characters are are very strong so there's that um i just think that uh, ultimately the music really is downplayed in k 
to the point where it adds a soundtrack to uh, a girl girl power like friendship dynamic powered by music rather than say you know riding bikes or something like that like that i think that's why you know this is one of the earliest ones but there there came after k-on a lot of similar shows and a lot of similar series where the activity was different i mean like you were talking about after school dice club and it's kind of similar except it's yeah. board games yeah you know so it's this is one of the earliest examples which is why i think it's so memorable and it's also animated by Kyoto Animation, which I think is also makes it what's so memorable. But if I had to say anything as kind of like a final main idea about K-On versus Beck, it would be that one is friendship through the lens of music and one is music with strong characters. Like, it, I don't think either one of them is bad. Like, I just think what you want to watch is going to be and what you enjoy when you watch both is completely dependent on what you want to be seen. Uh, like what, what do you think i mean i've kind of been talking for a second <laughs> no i don't think that's a that's a that's a great way to put that um so me and my brother both uh i think we both normally watch anime in different ways and we normally go for different things uh, my brother is very slice of lifey and he likes uh he likes getting i guess you could say normally feel good content normally out of his anime so he likes watching slice of life uh emotional type anime where I normally like overarching stories and I like uh, climactic endings. Uh, I like buildup, um, which I, I guess is kind of why I saw the shonen type elements in uh, Beck and I enjoyed it a whole lot more. My brother's a mm -hmm. big fan of K-On! Um, and uh, I watched it and I wasn't. I didn't like mm -hmm. how there wasn't an overall goal in K-On! And that, that hurts me. Not... Not that I couldn't respect what it was or not understand why people did enjoy it, but, you know, there's not a goal here. Uh, I don't know what we're fighting for, and I, I don't want to join this if we're not going anywhere. So I'm going to – I'd rather go somewhere else. So just like yeah. in Beck where it's like, oh, okay, so we're trying to get a label. Okay. Oh, whoa, now we're doing the Grateful Sounds concert, and that was like mm -hmm. a whole 10, 8-episode arc, 8, 10-episode arc, and that was – that's really the kind of thing I need in my storytelling and in my anime to really understand and things I can kind of bond with, I guess on, on that emotional level. But really when it comes to two different kind of anime with similar elements, I think you really nailed it on the head with the mm -hmm. different lenses. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, uh, you know, it's, it's good to be able to acknowledge what you want out of shows that, that you watch. Uh, I, I find that a very respectful thing. Because sometimes, you know, in a good example, of this is uh, sometimes what you want to watch and how you're feeling really determines that. I, I'm a, I like you're very much focused on the objective. Like you have, you want goals and things for these characters to grow and reach. Um, I want both the and your your brother wants like the easygoing kind of fun, fluffy kind of very enjoyable, uplifting time. I want both, and uh, but my mood really determines which one I'm going to watch. I've watched both of K-On and, uh, you know, Beck. But sometimes I'm, you know, like with the uh, Dragon Goes House Hunting we talked about earlier as what I'm watching. We watched that show because we need something lighthearted. Like uh, both uh, my significant other and I, we, uh, we have, we've had a very intense Christmas season and a very intense beginning of the year. And it's like, okay, so we get one day. We get one day to watch a show, maybe a day and a half. 
Like, do, do we want to spend that watching like very high tension tragedy drama? Or are we going to watch something fun and enjoyable? And so we made the call to do something fun and enjoyable, which was the goofiness of dragon ghost house hunting. But then, you know, it could be another case where it's like, okay, I want to watch demon slayer. I want something with some some real tension and and like makes you want to see the next thing you want to see the end result of all this training and this fight you have and uh you know so again it, it really comes down to what you want are are both of these series fantastic absolutely k on beck both great examples of how high quality anime can be the tone oh, yeah. is where it matters and this that's that's what it is choose your tone and then pick your two one you're one of the two and like and that's what you're you'll be happy with either one of them just make sure you go into it with the right thoughts and that's kind of me like summing up my thoughts on the kon versus beck thing here i had a lot of fun talking about it and yeah. uh it's uh for sure it's a it's near and dear to my heart because i i was uh i was it, i am still a musician and uh being able to see the small struggles and the things you actually see in music portrayed on screen uh, in Beck is great, but also seeing kind of the fun, goofy antics you can get into on K-On also speaks to me because man, I've got stories and hijinks galore from when we used to get together for practice and play, playing shows. I mean, one of my favorite things is uh, we were, uh, we got invited to this guy, this guy in the, in the area. I'm going to tell his last story before we wrap up for the night. Um, we, in, in, in the area where we live, there was this guy that was really well known in the scene. I always hate using that term, but it's just the most apt in this case. The scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was really well known, and he was a he was a nice guy. He he knew a lot of people, and so and his it just so happened that you know his family owned land, and they were they were decent well off. So they they set up they would gather local bands that he really liked, and put on a show. And a lot of times this was. Uh, a lot of hardcore bands, like very screamy, like medley, new medley, and things like that. And they, they used to call it this guy named Nate, and he had, had a, his birthday was called Nate Fest. And they'd bring out like an 18 wheeler, like flatbed, and like set up uh, stuff. And they had food and drinks. And it was like, there was a ton of people. Wow. There. There, there was like, I guarantee you, there's like 200, maybe 300 people out there. Uh, just because it was, it was basically like a big, huge effing party with local bands. And it's probably where COVID started. Uh, absolutely. I mean, those people are gross. <laughs> they, they listen to breakdowns and they do weird mosh pits. Like, I don't know what that's about. Oh, goodness. Um, I, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we got invited to this thing and we're a ska band. Like, it was, it was, we played saxophone and trumpet and trombone in our music. It was such a weird difference from all the other bands that were there. But we, we went out there and played and it was really, such a great experience because there's all these people that don't know who the heck we are and we're on this flatbed trying to get everything to work and our our guitarist my friend brandon his guitar starts shocking the shit out of him because apparently one of the wiring is all jacked up so there's a crowd of like 200 basic metal heads sitting in front of us while i'm trying to talk to a crowd and like get them riled get excited and get pumped for the show um, while I'm holding a saxophone and our guitarist is trying to quickly rewire his, <laughs> his guitar to work so we can do the show. And, you know, so he pulls it off. We start playing the show and it goes freaking wild. Like one of the big things we would do is we like, there's a certain song, like the horn players would literally get into the mosh pit with our horns and like finish the song in the mosh pit. It was a lot of fun. I was, you know, it, 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 it was probably hard to hear us. 
um you know things like that but everybody loved it i mean i think i crowd surfed at one point while playing um but it was a great experience and even like the parents of the person that like ran this whole thing were like do you have merchandise or a cd or something because uh people want that want that and it's like it's such a weird experience to to be like no we we just learned all eight of these songs last week like we just got invited to this thing so we showed up and um it, and we eventually got a cd and merch and things like that it was a lot of fun um uh, but it's it's those weird kind of unique goofy experiences that make us all laugh and we always remember it that i see in like something like hey on it's it's the memories we made along the way whereas right. beck is the part right. where it's like okay let me get my guitar repaired let me talk to this venue and schedule a show at what time with which bands and you know so for me I think, like I said, it's what you want from the story that you're going to prefer one over the other. Or if you're like me, you just like them all. And with yeah. that, it's time to put you to bed, Trey. Dude, it absolutely you ready is. for this? Hopefully. You ready yeah. for this? Yeah. Hopefully I can edit this uh, to where <laughs> no one's going to notice. But we actually went through quite a few heartaches during uh, oh, this episode. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully you guys don't notice and hopefully yeah. this isn't a late night. <laughs> so we're going to see. I, I hope so too. Like I, I remember actually telling uh, uh, my significant other that, Oh, we won't be recording that long tonight at all. We, we're not discussing all these different things. We'll get to bed at a reasonable hour. And then the, then uh, technical difficulties reared its ugly heads, but that doesn't matter. We had fun. We talked about K on versus Beck. We talked about the games. We talked about the anime. We're having a great time, and that's all that matters in the end. So it's time oh, to yeah. go to bed, Trey. Let's wrap it up. Hit me with the ending. All right, guys. So if you would like to support us, you can check us out at Senpai Kohai Podcast at Patreon.com. Um, there you can support us at whatever tier you'd like. We have harem protagonist, shonen protagonist, and isekai protagonist. Uh, there you can kind of choose whichever tier fits your liking and join us at and do whatever you'd like. Honestly, we have a Discord. Um, come be the first. Come check it out. Uh, there we're going to do little anime shows, kind of watch them with you, and come watch it with us. Uh, we'll talk and kind of help shape the show. Uh, give us topics, and we'll hold votes, do things with you, and just kind of hang out. Uh, we kind of like to see that internal support and kind of help shape and see where we'd like to go from here. Um, so be sure to check that out. Check us out on all of our usual social medias, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. They are all now Sinco Podcast. That's S-E-N-K-O-U Podcast. Um, and with that, Stephen, I'm getting out of the sheets, man. Good night. Me too. Good night.